Good morning. Thanks for joining me on this sunny Monday. Hey, who isn't excited about that? I know it's been a little bit chillier than we have been, you know, spoiled and accustomed to now this winter, but uh, it's it's season, it's still seasonably warm for February, that's for sure. Joining me this morning via phone, probably from somewhere in Sawyer County, if, if he's not traveling around the state or around the country, uh, chairman of the Sawyer County Republican Party, John Righeimer. How are you? Good morning, Meg. John Righeimer, Sawyer County, proud Republican. Oh, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Oh my gosh, I like that. I'm going to actually try. I'm going to implement that into my shtick, proud Republican. Because I, I mean, let's face it, make T-shirts out of it. (laughs) Well, well, John, what's the alternative? I mean, I wouldn't be a proud Democrat. That's for sure. Well, no doubt. And and when I think you know, something I'm using more and more. Thank you for being a good Republican. I'm John. I'm a proud Republican. We need to be proud. Of, of the Republican Party, because like you said, the alternative is is just a non a non starter. You know, and personally, I go back to my my lineage and ancestors, all Republicans and very active. And so I'm going to I'm going to wear it loud and proud. Amen. And, you know, I can't I can't say the same thing about everybody on on, you know, in my family. Uh, I I somehow escaped a well, I mean, I was raised by a uh, split family, so I had a, a Democrat mom and a Republican dad, and imagine you know the mixed messages mm. you receive in that kind of household. But so you're 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 the coveted moderate, oh, independent. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I personally am not, but you know, I mean, I guess uh, if if a, if a Democrat and a Republican get together, what kind of kids do they have? Well, I'll tell you this: I'm a conservative, cr- proud conservative Republican, but yet. I would say my siblings are not, and that's interesting. But uh, I always say that I got all the brains in the family when it comes to. Well, there you go. Why not? Why, yeah, you got you. <laughs> have to tout it yourself, no doubt about it. Well, I go back. My dad worked tirelessly on the Nixon campaign versus Kennedy. Um, wow. And so I'm a Nixon Republican. Uh, um, I'll even proudly say that. Well, you know something that has always impressed me about your family uh and you know i obviously have gotten to know your wife a little bit and and i know that mm-hmm. do, do you in addition to your son uh, that, that i've mm-hmm. met before do you have other kids too do you have a daughter no just just the one son just jack is it jack yep okay just jack yep. okay so and what i've been impressed about is that he is rock solid conservative republican and i mean i would guess yes. he's what he's a college student now so what he's got to be he's a senior is a senior at umd and and don't don't get all upset as i tell people it's reciprocity tuition you know so it just happens to be it's close to hayward and uh a stone throw over the bridge and you're in minnesota but uh so well i i do i i really like because i you know i I don't, I don't stalk you on social media, but I do follow yeah. your posts, and you are very pro-UMD, uh, and uh, isn't that yeah. right, University of Minnesota Duluth? Yeah, I, I, I almost Correct. forgot. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a recovering Minnesotan. <laughs> I grew up in, in the Twin Cities, but, um, you, you know, it's, it's kind of nice to see that you have a lot of um, enthusiasm, camaraderie, I guess, with uh, UMD. In, in light of the fact, we were joking about this off-air before, uh, we went on that uh, you were born in Illinois, and I certainly won't yeah. hold that against you. That's interesting because yeah. you and and to think that you were, you said you were born in Chicago, but yet your parents, your family, 
conservative Republican all around. Did you live in the? Did you live outside of Chicago when you were a kid? No, we lived when my dad was active in uh, Republican politics in Chicago. It was before the Republican Party was completely, you know, wiped Lucy. off the map. I mean, obviously, always a heavily Democrat area, but there was some precincts that were strong Republican strongholds. I mean, Kennedy barely won Chicago. You could argue that was the first stolen election, right? Um, you know, my dad won his area for Nixon. So you could you could fight as as a Republican in Chicago back in the 60s. Um, but yeah, you were you were still outnumbered. And then, you know, there's a lesson there to bring here to Wisconsin. I mean, then over time, you know, Democrats got stronger and stronger. I mean, as we sit today, I'm not sure what kind of pushback Republicans even have in Illinois or Minnesota, for that matter. So I'll often tell people in our county party that you look to the south of Illinois, look to the west of uh, Minnesota. Those are warnings. Yes. And we're not there. We're, we're fighting. Sometimes I feel like we're slipping. And it scares me because I know what happened in Illinois. You see what happens in Minnesota. And um, so going back to the 60s in Chicago as Republican, you you could fight and certainly win some things, and some aldermen were Republican, and there was some torque there that they had, but that's completely gone now. It's one-party rule, and, you know, I hate—that's why I'm so uh, passionate about the Republican effort in Wisconsin, because we're still fighting. Depending on how you look at it, we're 50-50, but sometimes I feel like we're slipping below 50, and— um, you know, I'm going to fight like hard to make sure that we always have a, an opposition to the Democrats. And um, so anyways, yeah, you could be a Republican in Chicago in the 60s, not so much now, um, and use those as warnings. And, and we need to keep fighting here to make sure that we never, you know, get close to what's happened in our neighboring states. Isn't that interesting? You having grown up in Illinois and me having grown up in, well, I don't know, you didn't spend your entire upbringing in Illinois, but your birth Most state, of Illinois. Most of it, but not all of it. Yeah. yeah and, and, Shout out to Gallivan, Wisconsin. I lived there for, for five, six years. So. Okay. Well, and, and I mean, I, I was, you know, I was born and raised in, in Minnesota. And so what, what do you attribute the, the slipping in Illinois? Cause that happened, that happened um, a lot longer ago than what's happened in Minnesota. Yeah. What do you attribute yeah, it to? Yeah, I, I think, well, I'll give a, I'll kind of give a medium answer. I think when okay. long term, looking far back, I think things continually slipped. A lot of that was credit to the Democrat Party. If you, you know, I, I remember like it was yesterday, but you know, the original Mayor Daley, old man Richard Daley, he, I've been studying him lately a lot, not because of his politics per se, although as a, a Daley Democrat in the 60s is much different than a Democrat today, but but what I'm studying him for is how he ran that Democrat party as a political party. Um, and he was not content with just uh, competing. He wanted to dominate. And so that power grew and grew and grew. I mean, not only was he the mayor of Chicago as a Democrat, he was the chairman of the Cook County Democrat Party. The political party back in those days, at least on the Democrat side, was end-all, be-all. It was the power, more powerful than any legislator would be. And uh, so they ran their, their political party and looked at the bigger chess piece. And being the chairman of Cook County really meant you were the chairman of the state in Illinois. So that even had more power than the state chairman. And um, so anyways, I've been studying how they ran that political machine and trying to understand the good parts of it and trying to figure out how can that be implemented here in Wisconsin as a Republican machine knowing that, you know, some of the things they did back then you can't do nowadays. Now, 
you know, I would say, you know, in some ways, the way Daly ran the political machine was like a mafia machine, minus the thuggery. Um, but, I mean, there was a price to pay if you went against the Democrat Party, whether it be there was a price to pay. You know, and I'm not saying physical harm by any means, but and, and maybe we can't do those types of things. But it was very aligned. Here's a great example. Then I'll move forward. Parades were a big deal to Daly, not because he needed them, not because he was worried about being reelected, but he wanted to always send a signal to the Republicans that you're not wanted here. So it was mandatory that if you were involved in the Democrat Party, you were out there in parades in masses. And it's a signal, right? And I try to get that here. We still struggle in parades. I'm still trying to push to say this is a signal, in this case, to the neighboring Minnesota people that may be moving to Sawyer County, that if they are heavily Democrat, and if they're politically involved and if they see us well represented in a parade, maybe that's something they don't want to get you know, involved with. So that, so that daily push was, you know, obviously a big start of it. And then I think when Obama won Senate in um, Illinois, I think that was kind of the final the final blow. Um, there was a chance that he wouldn't have that he could have lost that Senate race. He didn't win that Senate. He did win that Senate race. And the rest is kind of history. And just through observing, not having any you know, stats on it, it just to me, it looked like that was the moment when he became a U.S. senator of Illinois that the final blow to the Republican Party. And it was it was just really no effort, uh, no major pushback throughout the state. Yeah, it's really interesting. You're um, I mean, studying what works for the Democrats. And I mean, you know, it's, it's really not necessary for the Republicans to reinvent the wheel. We just have to look. And obviously right. we want to, we only want to, we, we want to do things that adhere to the law. Obviously we Correct. don't, we, Correct. we don't want the dirty, rotten scoundrel behavior of those on the left. However, right. they do, they are good at some things, the Democrats. I mean, they're, they're kind of good at winning. <laughs> and, and so well, we have exactly. to, we have to look at, and because I think their attitude is, as you've characterized daily, he wanted to dominate. And that's what we, right. I mean, and, and you know, I, don't, I think so many conservatives really have this mentality, and I don't know how we ever change it, because I, I frankly, I don't know how I would even change it myself. But I, my first inclination is I just want to be left alone. And so right. what is it that so many of us do is we just we have in the past, of, of course, that's not that's not true anymore for you and I. But we've we've we wanted to just withdraw and just, uh, you know, I guess hope that I don't know, someone else resolves things yeah. or, we, you know, we just weren't engaged and involved. And what has that what has that done or what has that left us with as a result of us withdrawing from the the political process? Yes, that's inherently, I think, in a conservative's DNA, and it's it's gone on maybe forever, certainly decades. And because of that, decade after decade of, I just want to be left alone, hopefully somebody else take care of it, we, we're slipping, right? We're slipping behind. And we're seeing it more and more. And then you're seeing some, some anger out of certain sections of the conservative effort. I'm not sure if the Republicans or not, but, I mean, there's anger there. But that what they're angry about, I'm angry about, too. Um, the That... What slipped over 30 years is not going to be won back in one election cycle. And I think that's where sometimes I try to communicate to people to say we need to continue to win. I mean, some people ask me, Meg, about certain legislative or political issues that are non-campaign type things, you know, winning things. 
I'm like, I don't even know. I, I don't know the answer. I'm not following it. I don't know because I'm just focused solely on winning elections, striving to get majorities. So the things that people are angry about, then possibly we can do something about it legislatively. But wanting to take everything back that we lost over 30, 40, 50 years in one election cycle is impossible to do because you don't have the legislative majorities. And it possibly even uh, puts at risk whatever majorities you have because it, it angers, we'll call it the moderates and independents. And, and we sit here in a state that statewide anyways is, I hope, hopefully still purple, but it, it seems to be getting you know, a bluish purple statewide, uh, at least the last election cycle. So it's having that patience to win, continually win. Anything less than going to win an election is a distraction and, and trying to win this thing back uh, a percent or two at a time. And I know this is tough because it's human nature to want it tomorrow. I mean, in my head, how we win this all back might take might take decades. And, and maybe I won't. Hopefully I'm around if it's successful. By then, and I know some people don't want to wait that long, and they just want to maybe blow the whole thing up, and that concerns me because I think if you blow the whole thing up, you're you mudslide right into what Illinois and Minnesota is now. Ugh, yeah. Well, I think that there are many that don't realize this is a long game, and that's what we have to be playing. Yeah. And 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 honestly, uh, I hate cliches, but what Rome wasn't built overnight. I mean, we we have to rebuild. And I mean, we we spent a lot of time. Republicans in Wisconsin spent a long time in the minority uh, prior to right. the Scott Walker years. And, right. and and I mean, we you know, I think it was a perfect storm during the whole Tea Party movement that sort of shifted the momentum. But I mean, never, ever forget that the Democrats are laser focused. And I can't say this enough. The Democrats are laser focused on their opponents, which are us, and they are laser-focused yep. on beating us and winning. And unfortunately, Republicans, many Republicans, I guess they're Republicans, te- that, even though they're critical of uh, their fellow Republicans, they tend to lose sight of who our true opponents are. Well, yes, and I think also too it's an understanding of what our 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 advocates that are in legis that our legislators can even do. Um, you know, when okay, we have currently as we sit, you know, the maps are a big topic, but currently mm-hmm. as we sit, we have majorities in, in the state legislature, mm-hmm. but we don't have the governor's office and we don't have the Supreme Court. So, you're it's a you know you, how much how much can you really do? And because you don't want to lose the majorities the strength you currently have. And so it's understanding what can even be done. I think the Gallagher uh, vote uh, it, um, is an example of understanding of the long game. I mean, you can like or dislike how he voted. He gave an explanation of, of what it was. Mm-hmm. It seemed to make sense to me. I didn't really pay much attention to it until I saw people really pushing hard back on him, you know, fellow Republicans pushing hard on him. And I'm like, this is before he resigned. I'm like, this is, this is not good. Do, do these people understand that that was DOA in the Senate anyways? I mean, so even if it passed the House, again, majorities. We don't have the Senate. We don't have the um, the presidency. Um, and and you, 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 even if you could impeach Mallorca, I mean, is it Mallorca's um, agenda or is it Biden's agenda? Right. Is, or right. is it Biden's? Right. right. I mean, so it's, I get it. So it's symbolic. And I, I think... I, I always try to promote to people, let's get away from dominating the Internet and actually winning 
elections so we can win legislation and govern. Gosh, that's so interesting that you use the word symbolic because on Friday I was talking about this and I said so much of what uh, the noise that we hear within the Republican Party from those that are disgruntled in some way with their fellow Republicans as opposed to focusing their ire on Democrats is it's this this type of action this type of behavior is not contributing to the long game it's actually symbolism over substance and that's what i've and that's a to to quote the late great rush limbaugh i mean he often used to refer to yeah you know what exactly what what specifically are we doing is it just symbolic and i mean i i thought for i really thought that republicans weren't as interested in um feel-good actions as they were in actions that actually that actually stuck, you know, I, I mean, what's the, yeah. w- what is the long game in, uh, you know, in this, in this, I, I guess, perpetuating this uh, impeachment narrative? I mean, I've, I, I said, I've, I have impeachment fatigue. I mean, I think it started, yeah. you know, this uh, discourse about impeachment started, uh, you know, started up again. I, of course, I know, we all, we all know about Bill Clinton, but then again yeah. with uh, former President Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, and I guess um, some people are in favor of some impeachments, but not others. And, you know, and I guess right. it's just it's used as a as a, as a as a political weapon that doesn't really have any lasting consequence in my no opinion. long lasting impact. And it, it, it's, you know, that's the other, it's a whole nother topic. We won't go deep in today. <laughs> I'll just say that, you know, that's the problem with with the 24-7 podcast and social media and, and, and cable news, you know, that's all political entertainment that gins up this, this anger towards it because those people are trying to make a buck off it. So, you know, anger is, is money. And, um, you know, I don't, why would, why would a, if, if you're dependent upon clicks and advertisements and people, whatever, I guess, why would you say, you know, this this is symbolic over having meaning because that's not what your audience wants to hear, and I guess that's not what they're paying you you know them to, to talk about. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's you know, I think the other thing too that I want to make sure I mention is the Democrats are, and I, this is I think what we can learn from them, they're much more party centric than candidate centric. I mean, Joe Biden's an example of that. They could line up almost a corpse, and they'll line up behind that person. And and they and they win. Um, we're very dependent upon, and I'll just stick to Wisconsin here. The rock star candidate. Who's the rock star candidate with millions of dollars that can self fund themselves? That's the one we're going with. Um, but are, if they're not a rock star and just have money, or if they uh, are just a rock star and don't have money, we struggle. And that's kind of you know we kind of talked about this via text uh, a couple of days ago. A, a strong Republican Party is a more effective Republican Party, which I think is good for our, I'll speak for here, our county, our region, the state of Wisconsin, and ultimately the country, too. And I would like to, again, it's just little old me in Sawyer County. I can only do so much. I mean, I can do a lot, but I don't have a lot of reach, right? So outside Sawyer County, I think if we can get more party-centric, we can get more mediocre candidates over the line. And, And I don't say that degrading to say they're mediocre, but, you know, let's face it, there's if you line up politicians, there's a there's a rock star every now and then, and and those that man or woman can probably get across the finish line with or without the the party help. It's an it factor, but not everybody can. 
They have an it What's factor. That? They have an it factor. Right. I mean, that's really Correct. what it is. And, and I mean, that's it. Let's face it. It's a popularity contest. I mean, it, you know, and for anybody that doesn't want to accept that, that's that's really that's really what it is. It's a popularity contest. Well, well yeah. Ideally, you have a rock star candidate and a strong political party, right? Um, I just think you know. I've I've heard it said here just through conversations on, on certain topics with, well, that's, the, that's on the candidate. Well, let the candidate worry about that. And I'm thinking to myself, that's, that's not how I view it. That's not the way. If it is that way, it shouldn't be that way. This, this is our fight, too. Let's get the people out there to help them in the parade. Let's help that candidate do this. Let's raise money for that candidate. You know, I think right now that this, the, the balance between what a candidate does and what the, the party does I'm talking maybe more so local county. Well, let's say the party in general. Ninety percent on the candidate. That that's that's out of whack, in my opinion. I'd like to see that more of a balance. At least you know, start working towards fifty-fifty, where um, it's as much the responsibility of the party as it is the candidate to win these elections. Otherwise, we're just you know it's it's an easy out. Well, that that's on the candidate. I think it needs to be again more party-centric, more machine-like. Um, unified, aligned, and again, you know, I don't like the Democrats, but I, I, I like some aspects of how they, they run their, I'll call it campaigns, I guess. Well, you know, and, and I got to let you go in just a second here, John, but, you know, the other part that, you know, and you and I, I know we've, we've discussed this before, that's particularly frustrating, and I have said this to, you know, even um, newly elected candidates that represent us yeah. is that you know you, you if if you subscribe to this this uh philosophy of some in well i, I guess presumably they're called they characterize themselves as republican voters that you're just one vote one bill and one donation or one donor away from their wrath and if you are not in lockstep with some of these people that that uh, I, I don't know, they, they come up with an arbitrary purity test. And, you know, you, yeah. you mentioned Mike Gallagher. And, you know, I mean, let's look at the totality, totality of his career. And, you know, I think that there are many people that just, that they don't bother to do their research and to look who Mike Gallagher is and served, right. uh, served in uh, the United States Marine Corps as an intelligence officer and deployed twice to Iraq and, and served uh, on General David Petraeus's uh, assessment team. And I mean, the, the, right. the amount of good that he did during his career as a congressman certainly outweighs this one bad vote. That he had, and and you know, and I guess oh my gosh, yes. if if people would, and you know, granted, it's it's behind a paywall, but if you if you try really hard, if you do a little, I mean, if you reach out to people, you can get a copy of of how he justified his vote in the Wall Street Journal. He wrote an op-ed. I actually mm -hmm. have reached out to his team. I, I mean, I'd I'd like to acknowledge that he. I mean, he was very and. You know, and it's it, and unfortunate in some ways. He was very committed to exposing what the Chinese Communist yes. Party is doing, and he was hyper hyper focused on that. And and I think for for those that are just on the surface looking at this one vote and have this 
I don't know, I, I, I guess I'll characterize it as an unre- unrealistic expectations of their elected officials that they have to be, they, they demand 100% perfection, which, you know, I don't even know if they themselves could produce that type of perfection. But they're, they're in, their, in their own criteria. Yeah, and, and, and Congressman Gallagher, is, I don't know him, but I think it's a loss for our, our state effort. Uh, you know, I think he... I don't think he left because of the pushback he was getting. No, for no, no, no. This was all in the known works. To me, he, yeah, he, he, it just came out because, you know, if they're pushing on me, I guess he said, hey, look, I'm not going to rerun anyways. But uh, it's a loss. And I get it because I, I also think these uh, legislators, um, the higher up you go, it, it's a it's a thankless job. It's a, it's a lot of work um, for not a lot of money. And my understanding is he has some young kids. So I, I can appreciate that. But like Scott Walker, also a young man, it's a loss that we don't have Scott Walker in the fight anymore. I'm not drafting him back in. I don't think he'll ever come back in. Right. Just Gallagher's like our, our young friend man. Rebecca Clayfish, too. I mean, unfortunately. Rebecca, right. I mean, we're, these are all losses to us in the long-term game of, of, of winning majorities in Wisconsin. And um, I don't hold it against him, but I, I, I wish he wasn't leaving. But, you know, I understand that that's his decision to make. Well, and I just urge and encourage Republican voters to, rather than have these, I don't know, I I guess I would just consider them perpetual knee-jerk reactions. And, you know, rather than immediately uh, making a, uh, a judgment about someone based on, one decision that they made that they look at the again the total picture and and really do your research because it, as right. another example and and then I'll I'll let you go because we're running over but that's okay um, uh, John I don't know if you've heard much about the uh, controversy I'll say in Chippewa Falls Chippewa Falls School District and when I heard did no. you hear about it you didn't oh, okay I did not mean no not really I don't think okay well uh, it was a it was a uh, I don't know if you want to call it an expose expose by one of these guys that seeks, you know, internet clicks, uh, this Steven yeah. Crowder. And, you know, I'll, 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 I'll tell you another, well, I'll, you know, I'll just, I'll just share it. I, I sort of lost respect for Steven Crowder after I saw a video of him being abusive to his at the time then pregnant wife. And so I, I don't have a lot of, um, I guess I don't have a lot of confidence in someone who in their personal life doesn't have much integrity to be, uh, well, creating for himself, you know, some sort of, um, I don't know if he wants to consider it an internet reputation, but without including information about the way in which law enforcement uh, responded to this particular situation in, in Chippewa Falls, I just think does a disservice to uh, to those that glom on to this type of sensationalistic reporting, and I right. refuse to participate in it. And and you know, and I guess the same with regard to the situation with Mike Gallagher. And I mean, you could you could apply this to so many different. Uh, you know, there, there, I I believe that there are those that are told uh, essentially they're told how to think, and uh, on our, and presumably on our side. I mean, I think we could we didn't even touch yeah. on it, but even just Speaker Robin Voss, and rather than 
looking at the at the big picture, and you know we've talked about this before. Robin Voss has a rock solid conservative voting record mm-hmm. in the state of Wisconsin, and is very well respected by the overwhelming majority of those in the state assembly. I've talked with many of them. I know you have as well. And so rather than reacting to a decision that was made uh, that you perhaps disagree with, maybe learn a little bit more about the the process that went into that decision as opposed to this knee-jerk reaction that's, that so many that are, I don't know, just creating, blowing up the party and, and really uh, creating division within the Republican Party. Well, right, because you have the Crowders, and you, you, I, we, I could go, I could list you 20 that are like him, and then you have the wannabes that are, are like them, and they, they think that's how you're supposed to act. Rarely, if ever, are those types bringing a solution. Um, and I don't know if they don't understand what political majorities mean. I don't know if they understand what, you know, legislation can stick. Winning the Internet is, you know, winning, but because you're zinging it to somebody. You know, and back to Robin Voss, he is, the, in my opinion, the firewall. He is the one thing standing in the way from this thing really going bad here. At this moment, we don't have the governor's race. I don't know what 26 is going to look like. Uh, 25, we have Supreme Court. But Robin Voss is the one thing that stands out that's standing in the way of us sliding more like Illinois and Minnesota. And um, I think he does a great job, and I wish more people would understand that he's looking at a bigger board game here uh, as far as how do we keep these majorities. And um, he can't be thanked enough. So hopefully people are are doing because I see a lot of hate on him. And I'm assuming he ignores a lot of that, and hopefully he does, because he's the one thing standing in the way from how we started out the conversation, mudsliding into a, looking like Minnesota and, and Illinois. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's a chess player, and I think many of these people don't even know how to play checkers. So, well, hey, John mm-hmm. Righeimer, from the uh, chairman of the Sawyer County Republican Party. And proud Republican. Proud Republican, yeah. Right back at you, me too. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. We will have to... Keep in touch. I would like to have you on more frequently because I want to. You know, what we didn't get into uh, during this conversation is talk about some of the uh, the things that you are specifically doing up in Sawyer County to win elections because you were really successful yeah. in this last election cycle and and turning uh, some seats red that had not really. I don't know if they'd ever been red before. So uh, thirty six years ago. Oh, m- minor <laughs> detail. So yes, when when right, we were. Right. Well, we weren't even born then, haha. But uh, keep, keep keep up the great work. Thank you so much for your time this morning, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. My pleasure, Meg. Have a great day. Thanks you too. Going to the ten thirty ish news, followed by your calls on the other side seven one five eight four five twenty one fifty five on the Meg Ellison Show on WSAU.